Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Wavebreak Podcast. I'm Dylan Kelly, founder of Wavebreak. We help Shopify stores stop leaking revenue with done-for-you email marketing. Every week, I interview the people behind the top Shopify stores and get them to share their secrets. If you're enjoying the show, you can subscribe on iTunes to get new episodes, or you can sign up for our podcast email list in the show notes below, and we'll send you an email every time we drop a new episode every single Monday. And this episode is brought to you by Wavebreak, my e-commerce email marketing agency that works exclusively with Shopify and Shopify Plus stores. If your email marketing isn't on point, you're leaving money on the table. And we're really starting to run out of time. I keep talking about this, but it's the top and most important revenue channel this Black Friday, which is going to be here before you know it. I know I keep talking about this over and over again. You're like, Dylan, stop talking about Black Friday email. I get it. I have so much on my plate to already do. <laughs> well, listen, you're running out of time and you seriously like this is uh, this is huge. Like you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars that could be left on the table and a make or break, make or break Black Friday. Uh, if your email marketing isn't on point, you're going to leave money on the table. The sand in the hourglass is almost, there's like just a little bit left. You want to get started as soon as possible. You don't want to just be like, surprise, a Black Friday, crank it out last minute. You really need a strategy. And I want to offer you a free strategy call with me. All you have to do is head over to wavebreak.co. Uh, you can learn more there. You can schedule a free strategy session with me. We can talk about your Black Friday email marketing and the system that we've developed for it and how we can apply that system to your business without any extra work on your end. So just go to wavebreak.co, schedule a call, and we'll just talk. Now, today on the show, let's get into the episode. Um, the topic is the metrics that will grow your Shopify store to millions. Metrics are everywhere. You know this as a Shopify or e-commerce entrepreneur, manager, marketer. Metrics are everywhere. Google Analytics, Shopify reports, uh, every single app that you use has their revenue tracking. Um, and I know a lot of them are very inflated. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's a different topic for a different day. Uh, but anyway, uh, the common thread of the top stores that I've interviewed on this show, what is it? They know their metrics. And when you know your metrics, it's so much easier to scale your business. If you have the dollars in, dollars out, and you know that number, all you have to do is throw more money at it and you've made yourself an ATM. And today on the show, I chat with Matthew Griff Griffin, co-founder of Combat Flip Flops. They've been growing every year since they started uh, by at least 130%. How? They focus on the key metrics. So keep on listening to discover all of the metrics that you need to know to scale your store. Thanks for coming on the show, Matt. I mean, Griff. I'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> oh, stoked no. to be here today. Yeah, we, we, we went through the Matt versus Griff earlier. So uh, he's on the inside. He's in the circle of trust. So we go by Griff today. And yeah, all of yeah. you are now too. So if you email us or call us, it's Griff. It's so thanks Griff. for listening to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. except salespeople, it's Matt. Um, if you want to make sure his message gets to you, call, it's Matt. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely attention map in the email yeah th there you go he'll open it and he'll, he won't even ask you what you're selling he'll just send you a check um but anyway before we uh before we jump into the good stuff can you just explain kind of like what combat flip-flops is and, and what you guys are doing over there well combat flip-flops it's, it's kind of a play on words as we used to be army rangers so we fought uh, in special operations in afghanistan and iraq 
And then we, we've since gotten out of the service and taken a 180 degree stance change on what we need to be doing, and that's business and entrepreneurship. So combat flip-flops, what we are is we're a group of people. Uh, we go to conflict areas and we help local entrepreneurs create fashion and lifestyle products, which we ship to the U.S., which are worn proudly by our customers. We call them the unarmed forces. And then we use a portion of our profits to fund women's education in Afghanistan. That's so awesome. So that's what we do. That's yeah. awesome. And what's your background? Who are you? Uh, my background is uh, I'm an Iowa farm boy. I went to West Point, graduated in 2001. Uh, right before September 11th, went through all the processes, became an Army Ranger with Special Operations, and then I went to Afghanistan three times in Iraq once. Uh, didn't see it slowing down, got out at the time. I had I'd been married and had two kids while I was on all these deployments, and so I, I needed to take a break. Um, got out and started my professional career, and now I'm the CEO and co-founder of Combat Flip Flops. And when I'm not doing this, I'm usually mountain biking, hunting, or fishing. That's awesome. Outdoors, man. Um, you're telling me before we hopped on the show that you like to do these like crazy hunting events that are like multi-day and just like, I don't know, you're insane, man. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, when I got out of the army, I had some very fortunate mentors who pulled me aside and they took me on crazy adventures out in the wilderness and it seemed to like provide a lot of like, peace and, and healing toward me. And I thought I should be turning around now and giving it to other guys. So every year I usually try to take one guy out of special operations out archery elk hunting or take them to Alaska salmon fishing, but show them what the rest of their life is going to be like, right? Because it's really tough to envision it um, when you get out of the army and just going through all those transition struggles. So that's usually three or four days up in the mountains, uh, pounding out thousands of vertical feet, chasing big stinky elk and trying to fling arrows at them. It's usually what it consists of. Sounds like a blast, man. And that's awesome that you found that outlet. I know so many guys like struggle with that. And that's a big thing, especially like leaving. It's cool that you've, you've found that. And you've also been able to channel now like your work into combat flip flops, which like you said, it's not just um, a company like you donate a portion of your proceeds of every is it every single order that you donate? Every order. Yeah, it's, it's 75 cents a day to send a girl to school in Afghanistan. Uh, so it's roughly two and a half percent of gross that we donate uh, gross revenue that we donate every year, which is, if you look at philanthropic companies and purpose driven companies, that's a, that's a significant portion. You know, Patagonia donates 1% of profits to the planet. We donate two to 3% of gross. So we, we do that by running super lean, which Shopify enables us to do. Um, and it enables us to maximize our impact for the size of a company that we are. That's awesome. How much have you donated to date? Hmm. I think we're in the neighborhood of forty-five to $50,000 uh, in just straight up cash donations. And then we just give out a ton of product for fundraisers and charities for veteran causes. So um, I, I'd struggle to put that number down, but I would have to say we're in the probably the neighborhood of seventy-five dollars to $100,000 over the company history. Nice. And given how small we are, it's, it's, it's a significant portion for us. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I mean, that's that's a lot more than zero. Uh, for sure. And you're making a difference in people's lives, which is awesome. So, so take, you kind of touched on this a little, but like, take, take me back to the beginning. Like how, how did you go from the military to flip flops, um, with, with this mission? Uh, I was hired by a company called remote medical international and they were putting doctors and clinics and, uh, shipping all the equipment for clinics and pharmaceuticals and narcotics, uh, in and out of difficult areas. And they were servicing the gas mineral and oil sector and they needed somebody to start supporting the military and military contractors because this is 2008. This is as the contracting boom in Iraq and Afghanistan was happening. And 
uh, they looked at me and they said, hey, we want you to go to Afghanistan and all over the world to go support these contractors, you know, go go get them clinics and providers. And so I traveled around everywhere. And when I landed, I wasn't on the ground wearing body armor and carrying a rifle and had 30 to 100 of my trigger happy friends. It was Griff with a sport coat and a briefcase and some cash. And I had to be nice to people and figure out how to get around. And the one thing that I saw was that wherever there was small business flourishing, which is where there was security and safety. And everywhere I went all over the world, I saw the same thing. And this message just kept hitting me over and over and over again. Like, why aren't we sending more business owners and entrepreneurs and increasing and like empowering these local entrepreneurs, like local business owners and leaders to do better for their communities instead of continually sending armored vehicles and tanks and dropping bombs. Like it, it just didn't make any sense to me. And I ended up in a combat boot factory in Afghanistan one day and I saw a, uh, kind of a prototype product of a combat boot sole with a flip-flop thong punched on it. And that was it. That was the, the, the words started floating around in my head and I could see the juxtaposition of the words. And I walked out of the factory and got on GoDaddy and registered combatflipflops.com with my co-founder, Donald Lee. That's crazy. And, and who knew like that would be the fix to, you know, creating these communities and actually making a difference. That's crazy. That's, that's an awesome story. Um, I don't think, I think that's, I don't think anyone on this show has ever had a story <laughs> like that. Um, so with your background, like doing that, did you, like you said, you went to GoDaddy, like, did you have an experience like doing this kind of thing? Like you had a co-founder, like how did that all come into play? So none of us ever ran a business before. Uh, None of us ever made shoes before. Lee had some experience online and knowing how to deal with like registering URLs and getting DNS settings, moved around and like how to actually make a website work. He had some experience doing it. And, you know, he was my right hand man in the Rangers and said, hey, dude, you want to be a part of this? You run our digital side. You know, I'll I'll do the product development and sales Um, and we could we'll do it together. And he said, yeah. And then the the third partner came in about six months later, once I realized I actually can't make anything, Like I'm really good at coming up with ideas, but I can't actually make product. Um, it's just a lack of skill. I God given talent. So my brother, Andy, uh, came on board and he managed all that. And between the three of us, we just read all the instructions on the internet. And then we started, uh, at the time with a, an open cart website, which was, which was tough. That would have been 2012 is when we started that. Um, and we, we registered open cart and you know, the, the site did okay. It was just really rudimentary and ugly and it processed credit card orders and you know, we, we made it work. But the day that we moved to Shopify was a, was a glorious day. Hey, um, that's great. And, um, so you had this, you had this idea. What I love too, is like, you didn't know necessarily how to do this. Um, which I think that's easy. It doesn't matter if you're just starting your store or if you're like a seven figure company who's thinking about, Oh, like maybe we should start going retail or open our own stores or all these things. Like there's so many things you don't know. And like, just to give people a perspective. Um, so like you didn't know what you were doing and you guys figured it out on the way. Like what has that, like what is figuring that stuff out? What has that effect or what kind of impact has that had on your business? Like can you give me a rundown of like where you're at now? Uh, we've on average, we've grown about 130 to 140% annually, uh, year over year since we've started the company. Wow. Um, yeah, we're still sub 2 million bucks. So we're a smaller company, but it's, you know, what did they say? Less than 1% of the companies in America get over a million. Right. So we, we feel really proud of the fact that we did that with the most business you could 
one of the most difficult businesses you could possibly do, you know, making flip flops and products in war zones. You know, we're pretty thankful for that happening. Um, I would have to say doing it on our own and like we made our own first run of footwear after some factories closed. We figured out social media marketing. We figured out all of our email marketing and then, you know, for us, we say fail forward. So trial and error. And we just got down and we read the instructions. We watch all the YouTube tutorials and then literally followed along, implemented the processes, like tested everything out and then just watch the metrics. And when you make changes, just see whether they make your metrics go up or down. And that's been beneficial for us because we've had multiple online marketers, media partners, all these people come to us. It's like, oh, we can, you know, we can increase your return on ad spend. We can get you a hundred times more email users. We can do this. We can do that. But because we know how the systems work, because we've actually sat down and grounded out, you know, we can ask the pertinent questions. We don't fall victim to all the advertising, the sales numbers, and like we know how to hold people accountable um, to actually hitting their metrics that they deliver for our company, because. You know, there are a ton of online businesses that, that are out there right now. And these marketing companies, they can hunt you down, work with you on a six-month contract, not deliver, and they've got your money and you've got no sales and no money. And so for us, like we learned the, the hard way by doing it on our own, um, how to actually um, work with partners that can actually, I'm saying, how to work with them and or find the best partners that work with us um, within our ecosystem as a company. And they actually can deliver results for us. Yeah, and that's huge. Like bringing on the right partners, working with the right agencies. Um, and another thing you said that I really like, um, which is the most common thing I've seen with successful e-commerce business owners, is that they know their numbers and how to measure everything. Yeah, I mean that's that's a big thing for us. We uh, there's a book called Mastering the Rockefeller Habits. I, I recommend everybody read it, but it's about looking at your goals, establishing your metrics to help you meet those goals, and then looking at your metrics every day or every other day to make sure that you're trending in the right direction to meet your goals. If you're not trending in the right direction to meet your goals, then you need to adjust course, and that, that changes your priorities throughout the day. But it's if you have your metrics, if you have your tools built, you can look at your return on ad spend, you can look at your cost per acquisition, you can look at your daily revenue, you know, your daily gross margin, all of those other things in order to make sure that you're all trending in the right direction. Because more often than not, people look at their numbers once a month when their bookkeeper sends them to them and they freak out. Versus if you were looking at things every week or every other day, you'd have been able to adjust course and not have such a, a massive uh, reaction at the end of the month. Yeah, and when you freak out, that's when you know you're too late. Um, yep. <laughs> the damage is done. You wanna be on top of things, not behind them. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Agreed. So you've been growing like crazy every year. Uh, you've been learning a lot. Like how has your marketing changed as, as you've grown? You've been in the game for a while now. Your business is growing. It's in that uh, established Shopify store space uh, in terms of revenue. Like what have you learned about marketing along the way? So we, you know, we've, we've learned as how you have to diversify. You really, really, really have to diversify your online advertising. If any of the major players... Uh, do an algorithm change and they're not going to let you know. They're not going to tell you how to trick it. They're not going to tell you anything. But if you're over invested in one platform and they change quickly, like a major source of your revenue can disappear overnight. And it's something that all, all online retailers need to be cognizant of, which is like, what's your percentage of revenue from the platform? What's your percentage percentage of marketing burn? Like, well, how does it work together? And if you increase one, does it decrease the others? Do they, how do they work in harmony? If you pull one lever, what does it do to the others? 
And so between advertising on Google, Bing, Yahoo, what your email marketing is looking like, like Facebook, Instagram, the split between Facebook and Instagram, all of those different things, you can't be all in one bucket. Um, you're going to have your steady deliverers, you know, and, and for us historically, that was Facebook until about last August. Um, and then you also need to be looking at, okay, your email, how are you acquiring emails? Look at all, all of your different numbers. But I'd have to say primarily, like when you finally have enough data, you're going to look at your return on ad spend, which is just, I, I feel is one of the most important metrics is if I give you a dollar, how many are you making back? Mm -hmm. And you're going to find that, you know, what for us, it was, you know, email marketing, content marketing, affiliates, um, then social platforms, and then, you know, a few other like trickle little like, you know, influencer things. Um, you know, the email marketing is tough to scale, right? Because you, you have to acquire the emails. The, the content is only as good as the size of your list. Um, your affiliates, you know, you have to grow those. But so Facebook, like the number four on our list was the one that you can immediately have access to a bunch of customers because they're just, they have so many users that if you're willing to pay to play and get out there, like you can access those users and then drive them into your ecosystem that's going to feed your email and your content and your affiliates. So um, for us, it's it's been about emails, number one, diversify your your portfolio, drive people in from multiple different venues, um, and then always be looking at your metrics, like percentage of revenue versus percentage of burn on each channel and making sure you're looking at those. Yeah, everything you said, I just agree with. And, and the two big things there, um, if you're going to take anything away from this interview is number one, like every metric affects the other metric. Um, so for example, quick quick email example, uh, if, if you send out an email, somebody clicks on it, okay, they hit your site, like now they're in your Facebook retargeting ads. Um, so it's like everything plays together. And another thing I like that you said a lot is um, about the dependency on like so many stores nowadays, especially in the Shopify space, are super dependent on Facebook ads, doing like 100%, 80%, 60%, 70% Facebook ads uh, from sales. And uh, I, I've seen this all over the place. And I always tell this story about um, when I started my business, uh, Wavebreak, we were doing conversion rate optimization, actually, uh, because I kind of have a design background. And I was doing conversion rate optimization for some, some larger Shopify stores. Um, some fellow, uh, actually, I shouldn't say too much, um, because I don't want to throw them under the bus, but basically they were doing a lot of Facebook ads traffic. They were spending, you know, six figures every month. They were making a ton of money. They were just killing it. Their ads were doing amazing. And they hired me to optimize their Facebook ads landing pages and things were going really well. We were optimizing their pages, increasing their conversion rate. Um, and then literally overnight I get a call from the CEO of the company is like, Hey man, like, uh, things are going bad. And I was like, Oh crap, what I do? Um, he's like, you didn't do anything. Um, but basically, a lot of big players entered our Facebook ad space. Their budgets are bigger than ours. They drove up the cost of ads. And now like their sales channel, which was they were super dependent on, like drove the vast majority of their sales, just gone. Um, they went from like having a really big business to it's just like really expensive to acquire a customer. And it's just everyone was freaking out. Um, <laughs> you don't want to have that happen. You don't want to be in that situation. And that's kind of like when I made the shift to email and I found out like, you know, diversifying is a powerful thing. Yeah, it's, it holds true in financial investments. It also holds true in business investments as well. That's, that's, that's it. I mean, everybody learns the hard way at least once. Hopefully you guys all learn it, learn it soon without a lot of zeros on the table. Uh, like the example that you just mentioned. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, learn from other people's mistakes too. Um, don't just cross your fingers and wait till you have to learn from it. Speaking of like how your marketing's changed, is there like and mistakes? Is there anything you do differently growing your business, knowing what you know now? Yeah, I wouldn't have spent so much time posting on all like the different Instagrams and Facebooks and Pinterest without actually knowing how to actually drive revenue. Like everybody's like, oh, it's brand awareness, brand awareness. Whenever I hear brand awareness, I literally just people I picture people with like shovelfuls of cash and like taking it and like shutting it into a furnace and just burning it. When I hear brand awareness, it's just burning it. You can get brand awareness and get a return on ad spend all at the same time. Uh, brand awareness is a term that marketing agencies use to burn your money and tell you like, oh, it's a long-term approach. Oh, it's brand awareness. More people need to be aware of your brand. And I'm sure there's plenty of people that are gonna be on here that are gonna hear me, but like that they're gonna disagree with me. But if you're a small business owner and it's your money that you earn and investing into your own business, like you need to make that return for you. Giving it to somebody else to piss away who has no accountability for it is, I, I personally think it's the wrong decision. I think I, I would have spent less time poking around and surfing and like posting up funny stuff and I would have spent more time looking at the metrics and how my ads drive revenue. Right, totally. And um, that goes back to what you were saying earlier too. Um, like know the dollar amount. Like if you put $1 in, how much do you get out? And it doesn't mean, you know, don't buy a billboard. Uh, Tuft and Needle, uh, a mattress company, they're completely bootstrapped, competing against Casper, Purple, these big companies with tons of money. Uh, Tuft and Needle, they figured out how to use billboards to drive sales. And they're a $300 million company, bootstrapped. Um, I think they're going to do like $300 million this year or something crazy like that. B- completely bootstrapped. And they use billboards, which is typically like you think it's just like, you know, you see a Coke billboard, it's awareness, but they know their dollars in, dollars out, and they found ways to track it and do all these things. So it doesn't mean don't do that, but it's just knowing your numbers is really the secret to scale. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. You got to know, you got to know what your goals are. You got to know what numbers, like numbers don't lie. You got to know what numbers are going to tell you that you're getting towards your goals and then just making sure you're looking at those numbers often and adjusting your priorities to make those numbers go in the right direction. What numbers do you look at on a regular basis, Griff? We look at our total um, marketing burn. Uh, we look at our total return on ad spend. We look at we break them down by the channel. So we look at uh, percentage of revenue. I already mentioned this before. Uh, percentage of burn, return on ad spend, overall return on ad spend. Uh, we look at our cost per acquisition, which is a big number for us, just based on our average card sale over time. Like we know what what a non tolerable CPA is. Um, and then we look at our overall SEO rank. Uh, and the keywords that we want to search for. So flip-flops is a very competitive business. We've only been around for a few years, but I think right now, during the primetime season, we're sitting at number 11 on SEO, and we haven't paid anybody to do that. We did it on our own. Um, So we look at, then we look at our top selling products by revenue, top selling products by volume, and then we look at all of the search platforms that are returning. Um, So Google, Bing, Yahoo, what we spent on them, what they returned. And then for um, we just look at overall daily revenue, uh, gross margin, and I do a lot of inventory planning because it's it's you can really quickly outrun your inventory if you're not careful, um, and that stuff can change on a daily basis. Like if you get a, a bump from marketing, if somebody writes or blogs about you, and all of a sudden you move like 15 times as many products because there's a, a rush, you're shooting yourself in the foot maybe 45 to 90 days down the road because you're buying on your regular rhythm and not getting ahead of it. And so there's some great inventory planning software tools that you can integrate into Shopify that get you ahead of that. 
So inventory is also a big portion of it as well, which is something we've perpetually struggled with. Yeah, and it's easy to overlook that because when I think metrics, like the first thing that comes to mind is um, like return on ad spend um, and, you know, all your different marketing channels adding up. But you also <laughs> you can't forget about the back end, um, yep. especially like marketing is so important. But like <laughs> if you don't have the goods to sell people and you're still spending money on marketing, uh, that's probably not that good. Uh, but uh anyway speaking of thinking ahead uh what's next for you and combat flip-flops like what are you guys thinking about doing next do you have any targets to hit um as far uh, like where's your marketing headed yeah so i think uh what's next for us and you guys would be the first ones to hear it here so we're going to split the company just because of the political climate and the the way things are in today's market the name combat um has really like rubbed a lot of people the wrong way uh and the marketing is just not getting heard uh, we've had a number of you know, social media platforms deny us for ads because we have gun-related references on our website. So the AK-47, which is a, a leather flip-flop with AK-47 cast casings on it, like last thing away from <laughs> the furthest away from a gun as you could possibly get. But because it does reference a weapon or something like that, is that they won't let us boost or move ads. So um, I think we're going to go back to the, the standard military kind of you know fun. Um, marketing the combat flip flops was when we first started, and then we're going to move all of the non flip flop products over to uh, the unarmed forces. So we're going to have a completely separate Shopify store, which is going to be uh, kind of hippie, kind of hood, uh, but no, <laughs> no references to gun and or military stuff that the the social media platforms have been cutting down on. Man, that's crazy. That's a huge leap. It is. It is a big leap. It's going to be a big push. Um, but you know, we, we've just watched how things have progressed over the last you know, 18 months with you know, everything that's going on in the media, what people are censoring, how the, you know, how the different platforms are hiring more content reviewers, um, how they're tightening down their algorithms and shifts, and it's really affected us. And I think we have to just make the split and see if it works. And we, we built a website once in 48 hours. I'm confident we could do it again, make it really clean and simple, um, and then start, start afresh there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's a big undertaking for sure. Um, but I mean, you guys, I mean, you know what you know what you're doing, and I think that's everyone's biggest fear. Like, oh no, like what if you know, like what if the industry just flips on us? I mean, no pun intended. Uh, but but um, what's kind of interesting that you said is that it didn't really just like flip overnight necessarily. Like you've been thinking about this for like 18 months almost. Correct. Yeah. And- we had a, an opportunity with a large, 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 large company uh, to do a marketing collaboration, and they turned us down because their name was Combat. Man, yeah. And they thought it was too offensive, and it was, you know, it would have been half a million to three quarters of a million dollars in revenue. It would have put two to three hundred girls to school in Afghanistan, and uh, it was it was really saddening for us. Um, and it, it, I think it was the straw that broke the camel's back, where we have to split the brains in order to. You know, remove that liability that that large corporations or you know softer corporations are are struggling with when they hear us or learn about our name or learn about our products. Yeah, that's a shame, really, especially with the way you guys are like actually making an impact. Like, it's the it's really the if they would like just look at your story, it's the opposite of combat. Um, it's just sad, right? Yeah. Like, are people really that you know that you know that one's like shallow is a tough word, but are really they. That reactionary um, to just hear a word and immediately get triggered and shut somebody down versus like stop, 
clarify some assumptions, be inquisitive, be willing to listen and learn. But I just think today, like everybody's just so overreactive that, you know, it's, you have to make the best decision for your business. And if people are overreactive and they were hearing consistent feedback, the name combat immediately shuts people down, then we need to figure out something that could open them up. Yeah. I mean, props to you for doing a good thing though. Um, like you're, you're, I like to be a better human on your landing page. And what's crazy, well, what's crazy is that you're not even, um, like the, the $500,000 is great, but when you look at the actual impact, like at the, um, like that's 200 to 300 girls who won't be able to go to school then just because of your name. Um, and it's, I mean, a lot of companies would say, ask, like, screw that. We're not going to make the shift. Like what, um, like obviously you're doing this for something more. So like, how did you say like, okay, listen, we're going to make this shift. This is huge. Um, you've been thinking about this for a while. Like what were some of the thoughts going through your head? I mean, the, the thoughts for us was that, you know, we've, we're, we're finally going to have to push this rock up a hill. It's time for us to do it. We've been hearing about it long enough. Um, we've, we've hit a plateau in our company and we're having a hard time getting off of it. Well, maybe this is the, the rock that we need to stack at the end of the plateau to make the jump. And that's just the way that we feel about it. And like, we're, we're, thank God, like we've taken our beatings and we've learned all of our lessons on Shopify over the past two years. And I'm, I'm convinced just because of the muscle memories and the efficiencies that we've learned, you know, we can start a fresh new system, clean product, clean funnels, you know, clean email, clean marketing, um, and have, have it go a lot smoother than it did previously. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to it to seeing, you know, what kind of legacy issues we can engineer out of our, our, our new platform to make the system run way more efficiently. And we already have all of our reporting tools built. We've already got all of our filters. We've already got all of the other things set up. So it's, it's not like we're doing all that work over again. We're just taking a template we're throwing new imagery on it, doing some different messaging changes and then setting the thing live and then going from there, which is the beauty of Shopify. We're not going to be sitting here coding for hours and hours and days and days. Right, right. And I know it is it is exciting. Like it's scary, but at the same time, you've already figured everything out. Like you already know the audiences for your Facebook ads. You already know all these different things. And now they're actually going to be opened up for you to just like scale through like crazy. Um, yep. so it actually could even grow even faster. And before you know it, you could be at a million a month in, in like six months. That's the goal. God willing. Which, inshallah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I've seen it before. Um, so it's, it's definitely doable. And I mean, with all the work you guys put in, it's a big leap, but I really think you guys can pull it off. Well, thank you. I appreciate the confidence. I was feeling a little down, but now I feel better. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I think you guys can do it. Yeah. Um, you, you obviously believe like it could be easy to just fold and say, uh, nah, like nobody like this isn't going to work. Nobody wants their ads. But I mean, dude, somebody has to start this company and somebody has to make that difference in Afghanistan. And I mean, your team experienced it firsthand. And I don't think there's a, a better person to do it. You know what works and what doesn't. And now it's just time to add some fuel to the fire. Yeah, well. I feel motivated now. Thank you for the pep talk. <laughs> there we go. I, I, I'll send you. I'll send you a uh, a coach executive coaching invoice after the call. Um, I'll send it to send Matt. It to Matt. At, uh, yeah, send it to Matt, not Griff. Um, people who are listening, it's it's kind of an inside joke. Um, I don't know if we did a good job at explaining it, but I'm gonna keep it an inside joke. Uh, but uh, anyway, I appreciate that. I don't want people hacking my system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's top secret, government, military. Intel, you can't, you can't know. Uh, but uh, anyway, before we sign off, um, do you have any like not top secret closing thoughts or, or words of advice to end on? 
Uh, this secret advice that I would give and going back is just maintaining your rhythms is really as CEOs and entrepreneurs, you're, you're distracted by so many things on a daily basis. I mean, family first home, all of those things are a huge weight that you have to take care of. Plus you got to deal with investors. You got to deal with employees. You got to, you got to work with new, new product development, shipping logistics, all of those things that are, that are like taking away from you. But the things that putting in and is sales. Um, you have to have your sales rhythms. You know, we're a shark tank company. Uh, 2016 got Mark Cuban on as a business partner and he has a line that says sales cures all problems. And I agree with him. Like whenever we've been struggling and I just turn around, I just buckle down and I focus on just driving sales and driving sales and driving sales and driving sales. Like all the problems seem to like cure themselves. And that goes all the way down to the home life because you're not stressed when you get home because you're making sales at work. So having those rhythms where you're really truly focused on sales and not distracted by all the other stuff, sales cures all problems. Yeah, I I really love so many things you just said there. Rhythm is huge and focusing on sales, focusing on production is just like when you're killing it in business, it's so easy to kill in other areas of life. Um, and it's just, yeah, I, I can't disagree with Mark Cuban. Um, <laughs> all right. So as we, as we sign off here, where can we go to learn more about you and your company? Uh, so the best place to go learn about the company is combatfieldfox.com. Follow us on Instagram. We post a healthy serving of motivational memes every day. And we only give you a little bit of product mix in there. We find people respond more to being motivated. Uh, so you're going to find nothing but positive and good content to push you along through the day and, and encourage you to be a better human. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram at cff.griff. That's with two Fs, so cff.griff. Um, and that's it. That's where to follow us. Hit us on the website. Hit us on Instagrams. And, yeah, we hope to have you and become members of the Unarmed Forces and become a better human and help others in need. Awesome. Love it. I will link up everything in the show notes below. Uh, really great having you on the show, Griff. I really appreciate you for coming on. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, Dylan, I appreciate uh, you having me on the show and send that, send that bill to Matt. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it to Matt. And um, I'll have to have you on the podcast next year when you're doing a million a month with the new company or more than that, two million a month or three million. I like or five. I like that mindset. <laughs> Yes, keep going. 10 million. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to keep sending more invoices. Um, yeah. yeah, but anyway, yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Now, listener, before I sign off, stop me if this sounds familiar. Your email marketing is stuck. You feel like you could be doing email better. You're not generating enough email revenue, and you feel like you're leaving money on the table. But you don't have the time to figure email out yourself or, or do it on your own because you have a business to run. Imagine this. Imagine not having to worry about leaving money on the table with your email marketing. Imagine not having to figure out what to send, when to send it, how many emails should look, what automation you need, what segments you need, how often you should be contacting your email list, or just worrying about sending the next email. You don't have to worry about any of that. Imagine having peace of mind knowing that your email marketing is generating sales in good hands. At Wavebreak, we help Shopify stores maximize their email marketing revenue. That's it. We don't do anything else. And we've created a system called the Wavebreak Method that, number one, makes you less dependent on Facebook or other marketing channels. Let's say something bad happens. Facebook says, see you later, Shopify store, and they just completely kill your ad traffic overnight. You, you don't have to worry. You don't have to stress because you're good to go because you have a cushion of email revenue. You don't have to worry about how or, or what, what your wife is going to do or 
if you're going to be able to make rent or if you're going to be able to pay people because you have this cushion of email revenue to rely on. Number two, the second thing this does is huge, and it's how stores scale from seven figures to eight figures uh, to nine figures. And the secret is repeat purchases. The Waybreak method gets rid of one-time buyers and increases repeat orders. Number three, it keeps your email list engaged. You don't have to worry about Black Friday and beyond. We'll figure out the ideal amount of times that your list needs to be contacted to maximize revenue, and then we'll execute it for you. If you want to learn more about this system and how we can work together to apply it to your business, go to wavebreak.co to schedule a call with me. And I'll personally send you my calendar link and we can chat one-on-one. Now, I don't have unlimited time to do these calls. I can only do a couple of them per week. So if you want to get your call, uh, go sign up at wavebreak.co for it as soon as possible and we can talk about how we can work together. Thanks for listening to this episode. Subscribe to the show on iTunes to get notified of new episodes as soon as they drop. 